You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the semiconductor bill has passed, two senators are placed on a Ukrainian list of Russian propagandists, and a New Jersey councilwoman is charged for a hit and run. Here's your national news recap for the week of July 24th. big semiconductor bill is headed to President Biden's desk after final approval by the House. Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced the final vote of 243 yeas to 187 nays. Biden strongly supports the bipartisan measure. The bill aims to boost the production of computer chips in America. It's also designed to make the U.S. more competitive with China. Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre said the measure will help the economy by creating high-paying manufacturing jobs and strengthening supply chains. She said President Biden is looking forward to signing the CHIPS bill into law. There will also be a call for Congress to pass the Inflation Reduction Act as soon as possible to further combat rising inflation. President Biden says the economy is slowing down but not in recession. During a meeting with CEOs and business leaders Thursday, President Joe Biden continued to dismiss claims that the U.S. is in a recession, pointing to a historically strong job market along with robust consumer spending and business investment. President Biden addressed soaring inflation. Speaking at the White House, he praised the Senate's new Inflation Reduction Act, a big spending deal brokered by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and moderate West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin. Biden called it a big deal and said it'll reduce inflationary pressure on the economy. Dozens of former Republican and Democratic officials announced on Wednesday a new national political third party to appeal to millions of voters who say they are dismayed with what they see as America's dysfunctional two-party system. The new party, called Forward, and whose creation was first reported by Reuters, will initially be co-chaired by former Democrat presidential candidate Andrew Yang and Christine Todd Whitman, the former Republican governor of New Jersey. They hope the party will become a viable alternative to the Republican and Democratic parties that dominate U.S. politics. Party leaders will hold a series of events in two dozen cities this autumn to roll out its platform and attract support. They will host an official launch in Houston on September 24th and the party's first national convention in a major U.S. city next summer. Two pillars of the new party's platform are to reinvigorate a fair, flourishing economy and to give Americans more choices in elections, more confidence in a government that works, and more say in our future. The party, which is centrist, has no specific policies as of yet. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser is asking the National Guard to mobilize in an effort to deal with the migrants that are being bused to the city from the southern states. The mayor, who has championed accepting migrants entering the country illegally as a human rights issue, 
requested the D.C. National Guard be activated indefinitely to assist with what she called a humanitarian crisis. Bowser is asking that the D.C. Armory be used as a processing center and the D.C. National Guard resources be used to help field migrants as they arrive by bus. We don't see anybody from Mayor Bowser's office here, Migrant Solidarity Mutual Aid Network volunteer Isaiah Guerrero told the DCS. We don't see anybody from the Office of Latino Affairs here to say, welcome, how can we support you, even if it's with, like, waters, he continues. People just want to wash their hands because this is seen as a hot potato. But what it should be seen as is an opportunity for us to actually create a model of being welcoming. The sustained spike in illegal immigration compounds the ongoing homelessness problem in the nation's capital. The man who attacked New York Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin is going to stay behind bars until more is known about his mental health. The attack happened a week ago while Zeldin was giving a speech at a VFW post outside of Rochester. David Jacobanis faced a judge Thursday while his attorney said he's a mentally scarred war veteran with a drinking problem who suffers from severe anxiety and a panic disorder. Jacobanis is due back in court August 24th. The New York City Council is holding a special session to address the recent spike in asylum seekers in the city. The hearing will focus on how asylum seekers are overwhelming city homeless shelters. During the August 9th hearing, the committee expects to hear testimony from the Adams administration, which has received criticism for homeless advocates over its response. However, Mayor Adams recently defended his administration's handling of the situation. The U.S. Health Secretary is calling on states and Congress to do more in the fight against the monkeypox outbreak. Javier Bessara told reporters the Biden administration is doing everything possible to curb the spread of the virus. He argued Congress should authorize more money and said state and local governments also need to step up. Monkeypox is spread by physical contact and there are more than 400,000 confirmed cases in American states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico. The second suspect in a hotel bombing in San Diego has learned his fate. Grover Preston Everett was sentenced Wednesday to two years in prison for his role in the pipe bomb that went off at the Four Points by Sheraton Hotel in the Kearney Mesa community. That's the same sentence ordered for Hans Jurgen Sarda, who was sentenced last week. Both men pleaded guilty to reckless or malicious possession of a destructive device. The bomb went off on the second floor of the hotel back in February, causing minor property damage, but no injuries were reported. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your National News. I'm Jason Joseph, and this is your international news for The Rowan Report. Ukraine continues to add more American politicians, academics, and activists to the quote-unquote Russian propaganda list. Former U.S. Representative for Hawaii's 2nd Congressional District, Tulsi Gabbard, and current Kentucky Senator Rand Paul are two names that were added on to that list. Senator Paul told Newsweek, quote, while I have repeatedly said my sympathies lie with Ukraine, my loyalty is to the United States. My oath of office obligates me to defend the United States, and that includes defending our country from incurring massive new debt, no matter how worthy the case. End quote. According to Newsweek.com, other names on that list include Colonel Douglas McGregor, military strategist Edward Lutwak, political scientist John Mearsheimer, and journalist Gwen Greenwald. All of them have been considered by Ukraine to be accountable for taking action 
in promoting the Kremlin's line. In other news, there has been speculation that U.S. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi might visit Taiwan. According to reports from The Guardian, the President of the People's Republic of China, Xi Jinping, and the rest of the Chinese government claimed that there would be quote-unquote consequences if Pelosi were to visit Taiwan. Chen Xinmin, a National Taiwan University political scientist who also specializes in national security, states that, quote, if Pelosi visits Taiwan, Xi Jinping will be criticized by other people who may not want him to continue to be the leader of China and the Chinese military, end quote. If this were to happen, nationalistic Chinese commentator Hu Chi-hun suspects that China's PLA could fly jets over the island of Taiwan, which hasn't been done since the end of the Civil War in 1949. And finally, on Wednesday, July 27th, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken announced that he and Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov will be having a conversation, quote-unquote, in the coming days. During the call, they will be discussing the freedom of both Brittany Griner, a WNBA superstar, and Paul Whelan, a former security executive, both who have been in custody in Russia. Quote, they have been wrongly detained and must be allowed to come home, Blinken said. We put a substantial proposal on the table weeks ago to facilitate their release. Our governments have communicated repeatedly and directly on that proposal, and I'll use the conversation to follow up personally, and I hope move us toward a resolution, end quote. Blinken didn't speak much about the proposal, but he stated that President Joe Biden played a big role in coming up with the proposal and providing a plan to bring Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan home and let them back on American soil. I'm Jason Joseph, and that was your international news for The Rowan Report. Carly Murray, and this is the local news. Jersey City residents and officials are calling on a city council member to resign following a hit and run. City councilwoman Amy DeGuise allegedly slammed into a cyclist and didn't stop. Authorities say the victim was riding through a red light on Martin Luther King Drive and Forest Street. Council member James Solomon is criticizing his colleagues' actions. DeGuise is facing charges for failing to report the accident and is due in court on August 15th. A video of this incident was made public and the cyclist has since spoken out about it. A Camden federal judge sentenced Caitlin McClure to a year and one day in jail and $400,000 in restitution after pleading guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Authorities claim that McClure and her former boyfriend gained national attention for a GoFundMe that was set up for a homeless veteran, Johnny Bobbitt Jr. A false story was created about paying it forward after Bobbitt used his last $20 to help a stranded McClure who had run out of gas on a Philadelphia highway. After 14,000 donations, Bobbitt stated that he did not receive the money and that the story was false. The couple claimed the money was for him. All three pled guilty and were charged separately by the Burlington County Prosecutor's Office and U.S. Attorney's Office for New Jersey. Philadelphia police are investigating a shooting in Brewery Town. Officers responded to the 1700 block of North 31st Street right around midnight after learning someone was shot. 
A 32-year-old victim was shot multiple times. Gunfire in Germantown has left a young child hospitalized in stable condition. Authorities say the 7-year-old boy was playing outside along Armstrong Street Wednesday night when shots rang out. Police believe that multiple people were involved in this incident. Nearby homes and vehicles were also hit by the gunfire, but nobody else was hurt. Police have not made any arrests. City police are investigating a fight that ended in shots fired outside of a wedding reception hall. Around 9 o'clock Wednesday night, police got the call for reports of shots fired on McAllister Street. Officers arrived to find the 26-year-old woman shot in her lower leg. Police are searching for a woman who opened fire during this wedding reception. The medical examiner has made a positive ID on a human skull that was found behind a Jamaica Queens home last July. They say it was 54-year-old Gloria Lee, who is from Flatbush. The medical examiner says she was murdered. They did not detail what may have happened to her. Police have made no arrests at this time. They are asking anyone that may know anything about Lee and what may have happened to her to contact them. Police are sharing surveillance video camera pictures of a man wanted for sexually assaulting two women, one in Brooklyn and one on the Upper West Side. Cops say the first attack took place July 20th around 1 a.m. along West 69th Street. The wanted man grabbed a 33-year-old woman and dragged her to a secluded area outside of an apartment building where he tried to assault her. He fled the scene on an electric scooter. The victim was treated by EMTs for cuts and bruises. Police say three days later, the same man grabbed a 20-year-old woman inside the Carroll Street subway station in Carroll Gardens around 6 a.m. She screamed and the wanted man fled on foot. Police have made no arrests at this time. An off-duty NYPD officer is suspended without pay following a road rage incident on Long Island. Suffolk police say Douglas DeBonet broke the side view mirror on another driver's vehicle after getting out of his car at Old Town Road and County Road 83 in Selden Saturday. Police allege a few hours later he went to the driver's house and pulled out a gun while getting into an altercation with the driver's father. The two are reportedly neighbors. More free monkeypox vaccinations will be held in Westchester County. The Loft LGBTQ Plus Community Center and the County Health Department will host a second, first dose monkeypox vaccination clinic August 4th, and appointments can be made for everyone 18 and older. The organization strongly encourages any and all members of the community who believe they are at risk to get vaccinated immediately. Slots have already filled up for this week's clinic, and so the organization is adding the second clinic next week. That was the local news, and I- I'm Sam DeChuchis with your Rowan News. This summer, Rowan University hosted a number of summer pre-college programs in various different subjects. These programs gave high school students a chance to learn about careers in everything from medicine and biomedical research to engineering, teaching, social work, and beyond. These programs also give a glimpse at college life, and some even offer college credit. Based in Camden, one of these programs is the Champ Gear Up program, which aims to increase the number of graduating middle and high school students prepared to enter college. About 90 Camden City School District students are involved with the summer six-week program, which ends August 5th. Program Director Winona Wigfall explained that Gear Up allows the students to get hands-on college experience. They take a four-credit college course as well as an enrichment course such as public speaking or dance. For the first time this summer, the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts held the Storytellers Camp, a creative media arts program that provided upper elementary, middle school, and high school students learning experiences to better share stories. The camp immersed students in a variety of media to become storytellers across creative fields like art, advertising and public relations, photojournalism, creative writing, and sports communication. 29 high school students and 19 middle schoolers went full steam ahead this summer with programs focused on personal development, academic achievement, college readiness, and leadership. The STEAM Academy offered courses in physics, environmental science, and video arts, as well as workshops on SAT preparation, wellness, leadership, and career counseling. 
Students were able to earn three college credits for the program, which included learning-based experiences like a trip to the Jean and Rick Edelman Fossil Park of Rhone University and special evening activities. The College of Performing Arts this summer offered six distinctive camps for students in grades 7 to 12. The string camp accepted students starting in 7th grade, while band camp, vocal camp, composition camp, jazz camp, and music technology and business camp serve students in grades 9 to 12. The camps are coordinated by the Rowan Community Music School and led by College of Performing Arts faculty and area teachers and performers. These are just some of the programs offered at Rowan this summer, and more to come in August, including the one-day Ethics and College Skills Workshop presented by the Department of Philosophy and World Religions from the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. I'm Sam DeChuchis, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Roan Report, with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting with the MLB, the rumor mill is starting to heat up ahead of the 2022 MLB trade deadline on August 2nd. The New York Yankees have been rumored to be pursuing Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals, but decided to head in a different direction Wednesday evening. The Bronx Bombers added outfielder Andrew Benintendi from the Kansas City Royals in exchange for the number 13, the number 19, and the number 21 prospects in the Yankees system. Benintendi, a 2022 All-Star, is batting 320 on the season with three home runs and 39 RBIs. With this acquisition, the Yankees solidified their lineup by adding one of the game's best contact hitters in Benintendi for a very cheap price. With Tuesday's deadline fastly approaching, don't be surprised to see starting pitchers Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds and Frankie Montas of the Oakland Athletics on the move to real contenders. Switching to the NFL with training camp underway, let's take a look at who is currently holding out on football activity due to contract negotiations. Wide receivers DK Metcalf from Seattle and Debo Samuel of the 49ers are attempting training camp daily but refused to participate in any of the drills. Derwin James, star safety from the Los Angeles Chargers, also finds himself in a hold-in situation as the defensive back has attended training camp but will not participate until he gets paid. These hold-in strategies have been practiced successfully for years, so it will be interesting to see how it's going to pay off for three of the league's biggest stars. In other news from around the league, seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Julio Jones has agreed to a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jones finds himself alongside Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Tom Brady as he looks to revive his NFL career following an injury-riddled 2021 season. With Jones now off the market, the NFL offseason awaits just one more free agent domino to fall, and that domino is Odell Beckham Jr. After tearing his ACL in the Super Bowl, the market has been fairly quiet for the veteran wide receiver. His former squad, the LA Rams, have filled the hole Beckham left after adding former Chicago Bears standout wide receiver Allen Robinson. There is no question that Beckham's market will start to ramp up during the thick of training camp, but there are so many questions regarding who will be interested. In NBA news, there has been a surprising development in the Kevin Durant sweepstakes. The 2022 Eastern Conference champion Boston Celtics reportedly offered star two guard Jalen Brown and backup point guard Derek White along with draft 
draft compensation. The Brooklyn Nets quickly declined this deal for future Hall of Famer Kevin Durant and insisted that any serious proposal made by the Celtics include Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, multiple draft picks, and at least another impact rotational player. Since this report on July 25th, talks surrounding KD's future team have since stalled, subsequently stalling the entire NBA free agency market in the process. Whatever team is lucky enough to land star forward Kevin Durant is going to have to give up a king's ransom. And, well... I'm not sure that the Boston Celtics offer classifies as a king's ransom. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan with your professional sports news right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Hi, I'm Megan Stuckler with your Rowan Report business update. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen claims the U.S. economy is strong and resilient in the face of mounting challenges. Speaking to reporters, Yellen acknowledged soaring inflation and slowing economic growth. She also doesn't think the U.S. is in a recession. A new government report showed the economy shrinking by an estimated nine-tenths of a percent in the second quarter of this year. It is the second straight quarter of negative growth. The Federal Reserve is once again raising interest rates. The central bank decided to increase rates by three-quarters of a percent point in a bid to fight ongoing inflation. The Fed has been steadily raising rates since March. The market is shrugging off the second straight negative GDP report. This is usually a sign that the economy is in a recession, but investors take it as a hint that the Federal Reserve will slow down with hiking interest rates. Meantime, earnings reports continue to roll in with Apple beating expectations on revenue and profit. At the closing bell, the Dow added 332 points to the 32 to 529. The S&P 500 gained 48 points to the 40 to 72, and the Nasdaq jumped 130 points to 12 to 162. Federal debt is forecast to nearly double the size of the U.S. economy by 2051. Mark Mayfield fills us in. The Congressional Budget Office gave that assessment on Wednesday, along with a warning that should the prediction play out, there's a significant risk of fiscal crisis. The nonpartisan government agency said in its latest long-term budget outlook that American debt could jump to 185 percent of gross domestic product. That's up from 98 percent this year. Ripple effects could include higher interest rates, reduced investment, and an overall slowdown in economic growth. I'm Mark Mayfield. Sprite is no longer going to be sold in its iconic green bottle. Coca-Cola said it is changing the packaging from green to clear on August 1st in a continued effort to be more environmentally friendly. The current bottle features an additive that can't be recycled into new bottles. A new logo and packaging design is also being brought to the bottles, with the green hue still being used for labels. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. On Wednesdays, Beyonce's new album Renaissance popped up on the internet two days before its intended release, thanks to leaks. Social media was filled with users posting tracks from the album, while some were taken down for copyright infringement as soon as they landed. Beyonce says making her new album was a beautiful journey of exploration. The singer said Renaissance is a three-act project that was recorded over three years during the pandemic. Beyonce added it was a time to be still, but also a time she found to be the most creative. Renaissance was released on streaming services yesterday. The album is her first solo studio album since 2016's Lemonade. Pop star Shawn Mendes is canceling his remaining tour dates in North America, the UK, and Europe due to the strain it's causing on his mental health. The singer wrote a message to fans on Instagram and said he wasn't ready for how hard life on the road would be after not touring for so long due to the COVID pandemic. 
Mendes said after consulting with his team and medical professionals, it was in his best interest not to move forward with the tour. He added he'll be making new music soon and he plans to hit the road again sometime in the future. An L.A. County judge is ruling on the side of the pop star superstar Britney Spears and is denying her father's attempts to dispose her. The judge on Wednesday determined the singer likely has no relevant knowledge about Jamie Spears' disputed conduct and that making her sit for questioning would likely re-traumatize her. Jamie is attempting to dispose his daughter over claims she made against him in 2019, and she is fighting back, claiming her father abused her and mismanaged her estate. Britney's lawyer says Jamie is essentially just looking for a revenge deposition. Snapchat is announcing the first fund created to support independent artists who distribute their music on Snapchat. The Snapchat Sounds Creator Fund will begin in August and give monthly grants up to $100,000 to artists who are distributing their music through the app. Snap will reward money to artists based on the level of engagement users have with their music. Artists must be based in the U.S. and be at least 16 years old. Lana Del Rey is being granted a temporary restraining order against a man she said has been showing up to her house in Los Angeles, California. According to TMZ, the singer claims a court filing that Edric Avardo harassed her several times and even stole her car. She says Avardo left a bag at the gate of her house earlier this month with a disturbing letter that relayed his desire to see her again. But that's not the end of it. She also claims he has texted her sister a few times, not knowing how he got her number. A judge signed off on the temporary restraining order, and Avardo now has to stay at least 100 yards away from her and her siblings. Three hip-hop artists lay the field for MTV Video Music Awards nominations this year. Kendrick Lamar, Lil Nas X, and Jack Harlow each earned seven nominations. Doja Cat and Harry Styles were each nominated six times for the ceremony that will take place on August 28th in Newark, New Jersey. I'm Karina Clone, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.